And if you have your Bibles, you don't have to rush around today. Just open them up to Romans chapter 8. We're going to just dwell in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 14 today. This is one of these things where I wish that, um, whoosh, I wish that um, an audience of uh, 6 billion could hear this message. And so if you have any influence towards that particular end, uh, and you can share some of this information with the people that you know, especially moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, then I want you to do that. We will have this online. It's being streamed live right now uh, through palcc.org and on our YouTube channel, uh, Palestine Church of Christ, through Facebook. A lot of different resources to try to get this good word out as we talk about home safe home. Now, this month, our focus has been on home safe home. We've talked about security and how God is really the only resource that we can call upon to secure our homes and to protect us. We talked about smart homes and how God really is the only resource that can make our homes really smart so that we have eternal survival. And then last week we talked about strong homes, that God is the right hand of strength who watches over our homes, can protect us more than anything else. Now, all the things that we use to organize and have in our life, those are good things to have. God's created that as part of the infrastructure. But if we dismiss God from that whole process, from the philosophy of how we work, from the principles by which we live, those things will begin to crumble. And in a, in a short-term, long-term um, way, the things will just fall apart. And I think we're starting to see some of that in our culture right now uh, as we are feeling the long-term effects of people rejecting God. And uh, we see the statistics of fewer people going to church and as we talked about earlier, about the younger generation, the older, the younger millennials, older zillennials who've rejected church pretty much, uh, they will feel the consequences of this. So this message is very important today, and I'm going to make it very clear, and that is when we talk about having a safe home, the most important thing that will make our homes safe is if we make them spiritual homes. Now, in November, we're going to talk about heaven, our heavenly home. We're going to talk about what and why and who and when of all those questions because we've been talking about getting safely home. Safely home to what? Well, our concept here is that we want to get safely home to heaven because we believe in heaven we will receive the reward that God has in store for those who love him and who have called upon his son Jesus Christ as their savior. And as we look forward to that and we see the earthly home that we're living in begin to become more compromised and complicated, one of the big reasons is because our homes have become less spiritual. Less spiritual. And I'm going to throw a word out here this morning that I hope will evoke an emotion in you. And that is, maybe your home is not, but many people that you know, their home has become a death trap. And the question you need to answer today before you leave this place is, are you living in a death trap? Do you know people who are living in a death trap? And you might be saying, well, no, my home's pretty secure, but let me tell you what I mean by death trap. 
Because most homes, whether we secure them or not, or we protect ourselves or not, most homes can be death traps. There are things invisible, tasteless, colorless, things we can't smell that can emanate into our homes that can kill us. How many of you have heard of radon? You guys know what radon is? Okay. Radon is the number one cause of lung cancer among non-smokers. Did you know that? According to the EPA, overall radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. And radon is responsible for about 21,000 lung cancer deaths every year. And about 2,900 of these deaths occur among people who have never smoked. Now with these statistics, if the government finds out about this, we're going to have every home boarded up and we're all going to have to be living in tents wearing masks soon. So don't let this out, but radon can kill you. There are a lot of things like that. If you're familiar with a woman by the name of Erin Brockovich, whose life was made famous by a movie, you know that she has made a career out of exposing companies who threaten homes by poisoning the gas or the air or the water that gets into those homes unknowingly to those who live there. According to estimates that I read, she is worth $12 million. And if you watch the movie, you know before she started doing this, she was in great debt. Now, just as a side issue, if what I say today can save billions, then I'll take the $12 million, but probably won't get it. Because when we talk about death traps, no one wants to think that their home is a death trap. You might think, well, I have all kinds of monitors, and we're going to talk about all those monitors today and how they help. But before we really get into that, let me talk about the context of our focus for today, which is our homes can be and most often are death traps because they're not spiritual homes. As a matter of fact, in Scripture, it says those who live according to the flesh they have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Now let me apply this to our homes. The home that is governed by the flesh is a death trap. This is a paraphrase of Romans 8. The home governed by the flesh is a death trap. But the home governed by the Spirit is a life trap that leads to life and peace. The home governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So when we look at this and we apply it to our home spiritually, Paul is teaching us that our home is either safe and spiritual and giving of life to those who live in it, or it is unsafe and fleshly, and has become a death trap to those who live in it. Now the word flesh here is taken from the Greek word sarx. It just means carnal, stripped of skin, the body, the flesh. 
It has come to mean that idea of our carnal or fleshly nature and desires apart from the Spirit. And we better understand what this means because what is at stake is life or death for ourselves or our children or our grandchildren. And since we want to do everything for the children to keep them safe, if we're not doing this, then we're just hypocrites. We're lying to ourselves. We're the biggest fakes, the biggest phonies that ever lived. Because Paul makes it very clear here in Scripture that you're either providing a home that's giving life or you're allowing your children and grandchildren and yourself to live in a home that is promoting death. I'd never seen a radon detector system until Matt was uh, owned a home in Westerville. He said something about the city was making everyone put in radon traps. And at first I thought he said radar traps and that I got to drive slowly through the streets. But he said, no, they're radon. I said, what's radon? He said, I don't know. But I got to put a trap in my home to get them. So there was like a rat trap. I mean, are, they, are there big bugs or, or varmints down? No, it's a, it's a gas. You can't see, it can't, you can't smell, it can't taste it. But you know it's there, right? Yeah, it's, they say it's there. So they had to put in this system that, uh, that captures the radon gas and then vents it out of the house. What they were trying to do is take the air and sanitize it by trapping what was poison and venting it someplace else. And that's really what most of us try to do when it comes to our homes. We want to sanitize them by trapping poisonous attitudes and ideas and philosophies and actions, and we want to vent them away from our home so that we're protected. And we do that by establishing a certain set of rules and regulations for a home that we think that are going to serve us. And we'll do that with our children and our grandchildren. And we think that if they abide by their rules and regulations, that we are, we're uh, effectively trapping any kind of poisons that might get to them and venting them elsewhere. But the Bible teaches us here that rules without Christ don't always work. As a matter of fact, they never work. They won't work with your children and your grandchildren. So we must commit ourselves to spiritualize our homes as well. It's not enough just to sanitize them with morality, rules and regulations that culture might accept or that might even come from our own value system. Paul makes it very clear here that we must spiritualize our homes through Christ Jesus or they will either they will uh, kill us slowly and uh, or they will kill us quickly. Let's look at the text for the context here. Now, Michael, Pastor Mike, I don't know what you're talking about here. So let's look at the Bible and see what it says. Romans chapter eight, verse one through 14. And I know this is a lengthy verse, so I'm going to try to go through it here with you. If you've got your Bibles, open them. Just hold it there. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what, this law, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, 
God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live according who do not live according to the flesh but who live according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. That word set means they're exercising their thinking on the flesh. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not eat does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, to live according to it. For you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Life or death. Now what Paul warns us here is that at some point we can get with our kids, with the rules and regulations, without Christ we become legalistic. So we'll talk about that. Some of us, we indulge our kids and say, well, we want them to experience everything so they can decide whether they want to follow God or follow the flesh. <sighs> That's liberalism. What God calls us to do is to offer light of Christ to our children so it can guide them through all these things. As I mentioned, most of us, we try to sanitize our homes but when we sanitize our homes, we're just making them rattle traps. Now, if you know what a rattle trap is, I want to see. Raise your hand. A rattle trap. No one ever owned a jalopy. Dwayne, you know what a rattle trap is. Is your arm too tired to support me here today? All right. Having conversations with my dad while we were there, he talked about these old jalopies they used to take in and build up. And some of them were rattle traps. They were really old, broken down vehicles that are unsafe to drive, uh, like a 1999 Chevy S10 pickup. And if you're unfamiliar, that's what I drive around uh, all over the place in Palestine, Greenville, doesn't matter. I drive that old truck and I'm going to drive it till the wheels fall off or uh, I die in the bottom of a ditch somewhere. It's just going to be my vehicle. I just can't bear to pay for another vehicle right now. It, it, I could afford it. I just, I just, it's against my morality. So I drive around and around the truck fully aware that I'm putting myself in danger. So maybe I'm hypocritical in talking to you about your homes this way. But many of us, we live in old, broken-down homes. We're rattle traps. These are homes in which we try to legally sanitize our thinking away from the carnal experience. In other words, we're going to have rules and regulations in our homes that you're not, we're not going to do that here. 
We're not going to watch that here. We're not going to say that here. We're not going to listen to that here. So we have these rules and regulations. And the idea here is that we will sanitize uh, things enough where they don't impact us or they don't hurt us. But remember what Paul said. He said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So what Paul is reminding us here is that rules and regulations are weakened by flesh. That they will kill us slowly even though we're trying to live our lives by rules and principles, values. He makes it very clear if we try to do that without Christ, then we will fail. A lot of homes out there, people you know, family, friends, they're not immoral people. They don't act ungodly. They have good rules and regulations. They make their kids... Uh, obey and behave and do all these different kinds of things. They keep them active and they want them to be good citizens of the United States of America. But let me warn you, if people you know are trying to sanitize their life without Christ that way, they're just prolonging the agony of death that will come. It's like the radon we talked about. Radon is an odorless, invisible gas that's produced by uranium and radium in the soil. Uranium? Isn't that stuff that can uh, cause uh, radiation? Uh, hence the name radon, right? We have radium and uranium in the soil, especially if you have a basement that has cracks in it. The soil will emanate that gas and it will come into your basement and then it will just slowly get into your home and into your lungs. And as we mentioned, it could kill you slowly. It happens because homes are non-ventilated. And as I said, this is the problem that kills you slowly. This is rules for those without Christ are powerless because we're weakened by the flesh and it kills our spirit slowly, just like radon would. We have these rules and regulations we set up in our life, but if you don't have Christ, if your home is not spiritual, your house can be as moral as the day is long. But if it doesn't have Christ purifying it, it's just going to make your death come a little slowly, a little more slowly. Unfortunately, we have more people that are living in sensitized homes these days. What we'll call death traps. These are structures with dangerous gases and poisonous waters that come in. And you know a death trap can be a number of different things. It can be a vehicle. It can be a home. It can be, um, it can be a, anything that you have to live in, you have to exist in, you have to be in. These are homes in which we lustfully sensitize our thinking towards carnal experiences. These are the homes where everything is okay to watch, to listen to, 
to talk about. And we're living in this kind of progressive world where the attitude for, you know, even for some school boards, school teachers is um, we can't talk about God with our students, but we can talk about pornography and aberrant behaviors. We can't talk about what the Bible teaches us about race, but we can teach that all white people are racists. Those kinds of things get kind of happen in our culture right now that are illustrations of what's going on in our homes where we say, well, we just want to expose our children to everything and then we'll see if they have the strength to overcome. In some school systems, they're experimenting with showing pornography to kids as young as kindergarten to explain the diversity of sexuality. And unfortunately, some of our homes have become death traps like that because there is just a constant flow of evil and immoral, ungodly sensuality and sexuality that flows into our homes. And we might say, well, we're going to monitor our kids. They're not going to see a lot. Of it. We're going to sanitize it. But still, that's not going to do the job. Because Paul says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. They're exercising their thinking on what the flesh desires. And nothing exercises our thinking more than what we think about, what we watch, what we listen to. Dell's not dumb. We are. He just fools us into thinking, hey, just... Take off, the, take off the blindfold, take off the restraint in your culture. Just let it all flow, and then we'll see where things stand. We do that for the adults, we say, because the adults are able to consent. And that was the argument before, but now culturally the argument is, well, little children should be able to see this stuff too. And as a parent, you might be abhorred by that. But you also may be allowing that in your own, own home by allowing your children, your grandchildren to watch and see things that everybody else is watching and seeing. If our minds are governed by this flesh, it is death. The mind that's governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those who are in the realm of the flesh, they cannot please God, Paul says. If we want to live for the flesh, if we want to find our carnal desires, we're going to find every reason in the world to hate God for it. To resent Him. To say, you don't want me to experience these things, God, so I hate you. I'm going to fight against you. That's just what happens in death traps and sensitized homes. It's like carbon monoxide. Many of us have carbon monoxide monitors in our homes. It's a colorless, odorless, tasteless gas that's produced by burning gasoline, wood, propane, and charcoal. It's not like we have uranium or radium in the soil that was there before, now we're bringing in the source of the gas or the source of the thing that creates the gas into our homes with our heaters. 
You might be old style. I'm going to burn with wood. Yeah, it causes carbon dioxide. I'm going to burn with propane. Yeah, it causes carbon dioxide. Electric heat. I'm, not, I'm just going to use electric heat. Well, any flame source that you might have is going to create carbon monoxide. The sneaky thing about carbon monoxide is it gets in your bloodstream, and bit by bit it replaces the oxygen in your bloodstream with CO2, and it kills you quickly. We had a little scare with Sarah years ago when she lived in Greenville. They were working on their heating system, and they forgot to vent it properly, and Sarah was inside. I don't know if you were by yourself, weren't you? This is before she had children. And you know how Sarah is. She's just kind of happy, and sometimes she looks like she's a little loopy. But <laughs> it just dawned on the guy that had been working that he may not have vented that, so he came back to check on her, and sure enough, there was carbon monoxide in the house. Could have killed her. Because it kills quickly. And when we try to live our lives without the Holy Spirit and we turn ourselves over to the flesh, we purposely sensitize ourselves. We set our minds on. We exercise by the things that we watch, listen to, or talk about. Those are the things that we are governing our minds with. We are thinking about that all the time. And if it's all about the flesh... You're running God out of your life. You're making you're hostile towards him and you will die. You'll die quickly. It will kill your spirit. It is going to suffocate your soul. And when it does, it just leaves you with death in every aspect of your life, in your bloodstream, sadness and sorrow, corruption. Sensitized homes kill us quickly. It's fleshly killing desires with replaced life-giving spiritual disciplines that lead to rebellion and hostility towards God. And unfortunately, between sanitized and sensitized homes, we're talking about 80 or 90 percent of our homes in our country right now. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is that we have to make sure that our homes are sterilized homes. We can try to sanitize them by venting things away, but if you don't have Christ in your heart, working your mind in your heart, renewing it, transforming it, eventually those things will overcome you and kill you. You may sensitize your home. You may think, well, let's just get over with it. Let's expose uh, ourselves to all these different things and uh, no rules, no regulations, and we'll be able to overcome because we have good common sense and we're smart people and we have self-control. Quick killer. What Paul teaches us to do is to, sense, to spirit sterilize our homes. To make our homes live traps. Now, when I say a live trap, it's a humane trap in which uh, someone gets trapped in it. Not someone, but a mouse or whatever, some rodent gets trapped in it. And instead of it killing them, the trap, it just, it just traps them so that you can pick them up and then take them somewhere else and release them where they really should live. God wants our homes to be live traps where he can trap us safely 
and then eventually take us to heaven where we can live eternally. But He'll only do that if we have spiritualized homes. Homes in which we lovingly sterilize our thinking towards spiritual experiences, spiritual ideas, spiritual philosophies, spiritual songs, spiritual teaching. Like Lydia said today, you can have a relationship with God and be thinking about Him wherever you are, even on the toilet, as she said. And the funny thing is, did you hear the people said amen out there for that one? But if our thinking is towards spiritual ideas 24-7, we know that this world is not our home. That God wants to protect us in kind of a trap of His own so that He can take us and release us into heaven for eternity. Remember, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. He says you are... You have or not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. This is how we sterilize our lives. And the difference between sanitized and sterilized is a big difference, especially if you're talking about an operating room. The cleaning crew can go in and sanitize, but experts must sterilize so that nothing bad's going to get to you when they're cutting you open. We do this when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we make sure, we make a definitive decision that our homes are spiritual homes and not fleshly homes. That this home in which we live right now is just a place where we're going to live here on this earth, but our real home is safely home in heaven with the Lord. And what Paul teaches us here is that comes through our relationship with Christ. When we belong to Christ, when we put on Christ, when He is in us, and even though there's death all around us, if Christ is in us, He raises us and gives life to our mortal bodies, and it's the same power that brought Him back from the dead when He rose from the grave. Only Jesus can purify us, sterilize us to God's liking, and He does that through His precious purifying blood. He sacrificed it on the cross. And He did that because none of us are ever going to live in perfection, but we can live in His perfection. Maybe some of you have air purifiers around your home. If you have allergies, you suffer with different kind of allergens, then you'll have air purifiers. And you know what those are. Those are the things that suck all the air. And from whatever the room is, and they have all these nice tests that they can do to show you. And they go through uh, HEPA filters or other kinds of filters that are designed to, to take out about 99% of the pollutants that are in the air. Many of those you can't see, you can't taste, uh, you can't uh, smell. Air purifiers are these mechanisms in your home that remove these pollutants 
And some now you can buy will sterilize your home by killing dangerous bacteria and viruses using ultraviolet light and other forms. And they're putting these, these systems in, in big buildings to scrub the air even more so than they ever have before because of COVID. They want to sterilize your home. And that happens whenever your mindset or your thinking on Christ is so strong about life that whatever might be around you, it does not impact you, it is purified in you. And when we allow Jesus Christ to be our air purifier, this mechanism in our life that everything, everything that we suck into our life has already gone through Him and has been blown back out on us through the Holy Spirit, if you want to use that terminology. It saves us daily from death. And if we live in the environment of the Spirit, even if there is death all around, Paul says, our homes will be safe and our bodies will be given life through the very Spirit of God. That's how we sterilize our homes. Now, our homes will never be safe from slow-killing gases or quick-killing poisons if we just sanitize or sensitize them, especially in this world. There will always be deceptive philosophies. There will always be carnality. There will always be sensuality. There will be always sexual immorality all around us. And we can do our best, and we should do our best, to sanitize our homes as long as we're sterilizing them as well with the love of Christ Jesus in our life. That's what he did with the Jews when he, he fulfilled the law and they could live by the law but also have the very power of Christ in them to save them. So we need that. But I'm afraid that we're allowing our children and grandchildren to live in rattle traps and death traps that just doom them to spiritual death. And you might say, well, I don't care. You know, they're healthy. They seem happy. They'll probably get a good, get, get a good education, maybe go to college and get a good job and raise their families and that kind of stuff. It looks like, it looks pretty positive that that might happen for them. Paul warned. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation though. But it's not to live to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And we are those children. We are to die daily by allowing the Spirit to put to death the misdeeds of the body so that we can live. That's a spiritual home in which spiritual battles are taking place. And it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that our kids don't sometimes get caught up in things that they shouldn't and they bring these things home. But it is our response to them that's important for them to know that through Christ that this is a spiritual battle, that we're battling against Satan, not their friends, not culture. We're battling against Satan, and we want to give them the power to purify their thinking and their thoughts through Christ Jesus as their Savior. And this is what gives us life. This is Paul's promise. If we do this, you will live. It's not impossible. 
If we're led by the Spirit of God, we're His children. And if we're God's children, He's watching over us. And He's got His strong right hand protecting us. And He's using every resource that He can give available to us to make us smart. And He wants to secure our existence in this world with His uh, kindness in us as we uh, we are godly and holy and we give, live good lives and we guard ourselves against things. Our homes will only be safe if they are holy spiritual dwellings. Is your home a place where the Spirit lives? We need to teach our children to be HEPA filters or to HEPA filter everything that they see, hear, and feel with the resurrection power of Christ. And that's the work that we must do. You're not going to prevent them from being exposed from time to time. But you need to empower them with the tools that they need to HEPA filter whatever comes into their life by accident, by rushing it through Christ Jesus and his love in their lives. Because the pollutants will always invade our homes, but we have spiritual power as the children of God to live according to the Spirit by putting to death. That means purifying fleshly misdeeds so that we can live. Look at this filter illustration. You see it? Which one's the clean one? The detail might not be, you know, 1080 here for you, but let me help you out if you're sitting on the back row. The one on this side is the dirty filter. <laughs> What's the difference? This one over here is wider. That's right. This is all the stuff that would get into us if this filter didn't exist in our life. And if you've ever changed a filter, have you ever, I think of this with the, the vacuum cleaners that have the filters in them now. When you dump them into the trash, if you're inside, They'll, and then you'll just see all that back up. Or if you're changing a filter from your air purifier and you gently try to pull it out, but it won't, it's stuck, and you pop it off, and then when you do, all that dust goes back up in the air. Air filters can be disgusting, but they have a purpose. And that is to clean us. The, the filter themselves not, is not disgusting. It's what they have to collect. And that's what the Holy Spirit is committed to do for you and your family. Through the power of God and our relationship to Christ, He's promising us that He's going to suck in all these horrible things, all these allergens, and He's going to purify the air in your home. And you can't see the pollutants until they are captured by the filter sometimes. And it is only through the illustration of Scripture that we sometimes see what it's capturing in us. The Holy Spirit does this for our homes to keep them safe. But only if we agree to make them spiritual. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today for this opportunity to study Romans chapter 8 a little bit and put it in the context of homes. I challenge all of us who are here today, and Lord, through the conviction of your word, to consider whether or not our homes have become death traps or rattle traps that either kill us slowly or are killing us quickly. Help us to be convicted to live and proclaim 
as Joshua did, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. This is God's house. This is God's home. It's honoring the Holy Spirit. It's giving power to Christ Jesus in our lives. Because even though we live in this world, we're not of this world, Father. And we thank you for that. Teach us further how we can sanitize and sterilize our homes in the proper way so that we can live and be saved daily instead of dying daily to the poisonous ideas and images and ideologies that are penetrating many of our homes right now. Guide us and direct us to freedom, to cleanliness in you. And we pray this in Jesus' precious holy name. Let all God's people say.